0: Welcome back to Nota Bene. We are split, unfortunately. I'm calling in from beautiful Marleybone, uh, home of the Chiltern Hotel. Not where I'm staying, but still, it's where it is. Uh, what's going on, Nate Freeman in New York? Looks like you're in the Condé Nasty offices.
1: I don't know where I am, but I'm certainly not there, Benjamin. Uh, where I am is not really that important because what I'm going to be doing is getting on a plane in a matter of hours and joining you in London. I'm very excited about that.
0: Uh we're excited to have you. Good luck sleeping on that short little flight. I took what's called the Chairman's flight. Uh, that's a that's a Sunday morning flight, so you you lose a whole day, but you know, I yeah. got into my hotel room by 11 p.m. last night. Uh, okay night's sleep. It was up and at them early. Uh embarrassing. It's been a lot of travel for me. The listeners might have mm-hmm. noticed our, our recording schedule hasn't been great. I got to be honest with you, folks. You know what? I, I got to be out there earning that money. And Nate's got to be out there uh, clickety-clack-clacking, uh, getting that word count up.
1: It happens sometimes. We have to do our actual jobs. Yeah. But early earlier today,
0: uh, at the Tate Britain Museum here in London, I I had my my iPods the the, the pods in, listen to some music as I want to do while viewing the art, uh, and I get a tap on the shoulder by an interested listener, fan of the pod, hailing from the country of Austria, uh, who's in town yeah. for the fair, wondering when, <laughs> what's up with the podcast, He's like, big fan, big fan. But that, that's the new episode, yeah.
1: That's what they always say. Look, we, we we pump out these things as often as we possibly can. It's a labor of for us you know we we do it because we care so we're we're, we hear you random dude from vienna we hear
0: you and 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 the most important thing is here we are now we're recording it it is um monday afternoon london time hopefully i'll get this edited late tonight after some parties and up for you folks tuesday morning uh god willing um but you know as i said we've both been like all around the past couple weeks have been jam-packed um just dialing the way back machine. Uh, the last thing I can remember in my fever and jet lag addled brain is celebrating the great Henry, Henry Taylor at the, mm-hmm. uh, at the patrons and lenders dinner at the Whitney museum. It was an incredible night. Nate, I know you've seen the show. The show is bananas. It good. It looks better. Oh my God. It crazy. looks better at the Whitney than it did at mocha. Somehow. I think there's something about the layout that really works to it. It, it felt more it pure. It looks better. Yeah. Um, he also did this amazing like installation wall drawing, um, overlooking uh, downtown Manhattan in one of the windowed galleries that's out of this world. The show is incredible, but to be at that dinner was really special because, as I whispered to my guest, as as the the kind of the officiating is beginning, the speeching is beginning, and Adam Weinberg walks up. This was Adam's last exhibition opening celebration. Which was pretty crazy. So it was, was, I know there's going to be, there's been other parties and there'll be a more official handing over of the reins, but it really felt like a turning of the page as first Adam and then later Scott got up uh, to give remarks uh, on the show. It was, it felt nice to be there.
1: Anybody that you remember? Hanging out the dinner, I couldn't make
0: it. It, I it was been. it was it was two weeks ago. I really don't remember. My good friend Donnie uh, was seated at the table with me, so I remember him. All the suspects you would think would be there. I would say mm-hmm. one thing that sticks out in my mind though is you know the 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 art viewing was busy. I didn't see Henry there, who I've known for you know ten plus years. And then we get into the dinner, and he's kind of sitting at like one of the main tables right by the podium. And I didn't want to do that thing. When we get up and walk over to him. It's like it's his night. He's like everyone's trying to do that to him. I didn't want to be that guy. So I was bummed I didn't get a hug or what's up or anything, but I was like, "That's fine." Like I know Henry well enough. Like I'll tell him next time. Like, "Hey, show was great." As I'm leaving, uh, by the way, super speedy dinner. Props to the Whitney Museum and their <laughs> development crew. Um, you know, like speeches were done, dessert you was lo- served you by nine p.m. Love a quick
1: dinner. Maybe live a little bit. Live a little bit. Come on, I live, hey, but me. you
0: know, I yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Probably not. Um, so as I'm leaving, I, I hit the head uh, before I dial up the Uber car and at the bar that's outside kind of the, the auditorium where the dinner is, Henry is alone getting himself a refill of whatever drink he's having. So I come out, we got to have a good five minute just solo chat, like big ah Benjamin. It was like, it was absolute height. Loved that, loved that I got that experience. And then I roll oh, down to an the elevator. There's uh, one of the Whitney trustees who will remain nameless, fairly uh, senior in age, uh, and his wife. And they're coming down, It's like, oh, that's great, we're out here so early. He's like, yep, I love an H by T night. I'm like, H by T? What is that, dear sir? Horizontal by 10.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. Getting old. New fucking hero.
0: New fucking hero. (laughs) Um... And then yeah. subsequently, uh, got up the next morning, rolled to Los Angeles, saw a ton yeah. of art. Um, the Alex DeCorte show was fantastic, I thought. Uh, I was able to... to I, I had very limited time. I was in Los Angeles for 30 hours, and I've already gotten yelled at by a number of galleries whose shows I didn't see, did make it to go see Mills' show. Great Sable right. Lee Smith show, at Regan Project. I was a little bit delayed because I left my spectacles in an Uber car, and I had to wait an hour for that Uber to return oh to me very benjamin very benjamin um, certainly very la and then zipped well, up to san francisco for for a couple nights um and that feels like that was i didn't do anything crazy. that yeah that's crazy what, what did you that's do crazy. in the the past little bit
1: uh well i i had the pleasure of going to the whitney not for for henry's thing uh but there was an official passing of the baton between adam and scott rothkopf that i got to to witness, which is quite quite nice. And a lot of artists in attendance um, there to show their respects. Uh, that was you know, quite remarkable, I think. Um big party of the Whitney. Everyone was who, there. Who was there? What, the where, what artists
0: were there? It looked like a big, like a big old dance there. party.
1: Big party. Yeah, I couldn't stay that late, unfortunately, but a lot, a lot of artists were there. Look who's party. not
0: living now, Nate Freeman.
1: I just had other dinner plans, dude. <laughs> um but who else was there? Louise Lawler was there um you know uh henry was not there i think he was already in paris i think henry's like at some kendrick lamar stuff i think he designed the stage or something that guy really lives man we're talking about about someone who
0: does live unlike me henry lives he packs it all in
1: it's just 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 incredible uh the night before was the dia fall night which is quite amazing as it always is i mean that that was also just like a star-studded evening um you know, they, they take over this ginormous event space in West Chelsea, a few blocks away from their headquarters. And um, it was honoring Lee Ufan and Mary Kors. Yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, that makes sense. That's,
0: those are two very <laughs> yeah. Dia artists. Even if it's not true, it can be true. Right. You know what? <laughs> yeah, I was blown so. away. I, I, I only attended the event via social media, but you know what stood out to me? What's Murakami that? in attendance, who seems like perhaps the most Undia like artist I can imagine, was there. Yeah, probably. Court. Right. But I mean, you know, I'm sure there are others, but he's he is a shining example, and I love the man and the work.
1: Yeah, and I don't think he's in any Dia Holdings, but everyone there obviously fucking vibed with Murakami. I mean, he was having a blast. Uh, he was at um, Lee's uh, table, I think, um, with with the, the the family. I guess they're very close. Um, and yeah, like I said, hell of a night. I was seated with a bunch of great artists, uh, near Kanakishi and uh, who else was at my table? Ryan McNamara and Getty Saboni and Sam Falls. It was, you know, quite an event. That's, a, that's speak- a great
0: table. That's a diverse but great table.
1: I know it was really really, really fun. Speaking of Getty Saboni, he had an opening at a brand new space that we should probably shout out here.
0: Yeah, that's one of the few art events, or only art event, I went to last week in my in my five days in New York City. Uh, at the Gems Gallery, it's so. It's not a gallery. The Gems, it's not a project space. What is it, Nate?
1: <laughs> it's just gems. Uh, and right now, there is an incredible sculpture by Getty that takes over the entire space. You can't even go into the space. It's to be viewed on the outside. This wonderful little jewel box on East Broadway. I highly recommend checking it out. It's It's so cool, number
0: two East Broadway, if I recall correctly, and Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that I do. I because I had to do a quick drive by where I uh, I literally had the Uber wait. I got out, checked out the piece, (laughs) said hi to the proprietor and often a guest host on this podcast, James uh, Cardoso Schaefer, gave him a hug, got back in the Uber and rolled to Esody for a uh, dinner with the great Joe Cole and his wife.
1: Wonderful. The new new Esody space. Can it's, we talk a little bit? Can
0: we talk noodles? Yeah, okay. The food was very good. Um uh-huh. The space, it reminds me exactly of the oldie sodi space. If you drop me in there, like, would I know the difference? Maybe not. It's bigger, um, though.
1: It's, like, way it's,
0: bigger. It's not. It doesn't feel way bigger because a lot of the bigness is kind of a PDR or some additional dining that's in the back of the main space. We weren't seated there. The food was Got bang. It. Um We had a beet dish that was the star for me. Like, go figure. Like, some amazing, like, Fuck ricotta beans, and beets. I'm not
1: going to eat SOTY to, to eat beets.
0: Let me go through the menu here, uh, okay, and fine. then then uh, and some other greens of some sort. I think we had a shaved artichoke salad. Probably yeah, we definitely had that. Uh, and then we had a couple of pastas. There was a special pasta, a chestnut ravioli made with chestnut flour and a chestnut and ricotta filling. Oh yeah, that was probably oh, yeah. my dish of the night. I could have eaten bowl after bowl after bowl of that. Uh, we have also had a. a taglatina alla limone which was good solid like wouldn't kick it out of bed mm-hmm. but the the chestnut ravioli just like it it was incredible uh and then we had a couple of meat dishes at the end i believe we definitely had the quail and i forget what our last dish was i would say oh we had the fried pork chop pork chop wow. mil- milanese amazing uh, the mains so were a little mains were a little bit salty but it was a super fun night like great great uh great couples dinner um you know talk tennis that kind of thing
1: yeah, amazing um, and then the last big thing I did that I can recall is White Cube threw this tiny little party. I don't know if you heard about it. It was one of the one of the more over the top things I've, I've been doing in New York in a while.
0: They do over the top.
1: It was it was quite quite the to do. Like you know they took over this six story you know gilded age mansion that some fucking you know like coal magnate built in the eighteen hundreds overlooking Central Park. You know just just really really over the top the new gallery is, is beautiful though it's a really great space they really knocked that park.
0: yeah i mean it you know it took them six years to finally get a new york space from when they first announced it so i would hope so
1: mm-hmm. unfortunately larry cousins getting kicked out of it yeah,
0: yeah yeah oh shit I, I didn't even have this on my agenda to talk to but yeah uh larry's getting evicted
1: ab what the fuck dude like that's such that's like i mean kind of some king shit to like you know, find like another billionaire to like double the, the per square foot numbers and just like make a killing running out of the place. But like
0: he he's not out. making a killing. Here's here's the fact of the matter. Uh, a B is between a rock and a hard place. Um, he's been trying to sell that building at nine eighty Madison, which is what we're talking about, though, which has been the Ghosian headquarters since the eighties, I guess, the late eighties probably. Um mm-hmm. taking over more and more space. Um A B's really in a rock and a hard place in that um he hasn't been able to sell that building commercial real estate isn't a bad place he has a bunch of bondholders um that are demanding payment on their bonds and he needs to show additional cash flow in order to restructure his uh his debt
1: damn well thanks michael bloomberg because sorry you know, pretty, you pretty picture
0: pretty pictures are all well and good but you know at the end of the day the the the, the tier debt holders are the ones that call the shots on a certain level
1: well i mean rfr and av are getting all the the sort of the brunt of the complaints from everyone i'm talking about who currently occupied space in that building so I mean yes you're right he like he needs to fucking pay the the bond man yeah um, I mean
0: that, it's just
1: that, like it's gonna be a fucking headache for, for Larry I mean he's been there since the 80s like you know he has to move his entire it's his headquarters can you, imagine you know cleaning
0: out his office I mean guys, he's gonna find like you know what God knows what's in there um, the, <laughs> yeah, the last, the, the, water, last the last coil who's left in America might be <laughs> might be tucked away in there somewhere um <laughs> You know, and maybe he should have thought more seriously about putting a bid in on the former Met. Uh, uh Whitney Broyer building as opposed to letting Sotheby's checking over because I think Gugosi would have been a much, much better tenant. Um, what, 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 yeah. hasn't been, what hasn't been getting any blowback, and not to uh, not to be too lefty and on a soapbox, but so the, the new tenant is going to be Bloomberg Philanthropies, the philanthropic arm of the Bloomberg mm-hmm. family, uh, uh, our last great mayor here in New York City. Um, but why does a not-for-profit that's most of its its funds should be going to support the programs that it's trying to support why does it need this ostentatious beautiful i would call it kind of blinged out or showy office space for their program officers i would think you know an anonymous some anonymous office floors in midtown which are pennies on the dollar right now would have done just fine and would have allowed <laughs> them i i know obviously mike's money is unendable like it's stacked so high you can't see the sky mm. kind of shit. but still I think from a nonprofit governance standpoint you should probably trying to keep expenses such as office space to a minimum
1: yeah you would think so but one he's not the mayor anymore so he doesn't really need to like be you know correct no, about this is it. on corporate yeah.
0: Go- yeah but it's still a yeah. non- it's still a 501 c we are still supporting it with our tax dollars in a way and that all these this funds is that he's given to it are not taxed so it's still in a way uh subsidized by the American people.
1: Totally. And I think it's just like he lives up there. It's been operated out of the upper east side out of one of his penthouses, I think, for the last however many years. And I think he just wants to stay in the neighborhood probably. Yeah, I think they have
0: a townhouse actually, I think is what if I if I read the story correctly. Um
1: they have a townhouse and they just need more space, I guess.
0: Yeah, so why not have the nicest space you can, you can buy?
1: I don't know. Anyway, um, I'm, but, I listen. Yeah. I
0: got. Uh, I, I love my Bloomberg. He's doing great things in the world. I just. I have to mention it. I got to be an honest broker here. Mm-hmm. Um, something I also have to mention, but a much more gleeful in a way to talk about. Despite my friends at the house. Um, The museum, you know, the museum sale, the sale. So for years and years, we've been blocked out of buying certain art because it's on hold for for Chinese or Asian foundations or museums. Mm -hmm. And it's always seemed uh, a little bit annoying to me. Um, But last week, uh, the Sotheby's Auction House ended up actually auctioning off the holdings of one of those museums. And they didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of success, Nate Freeman.
1: No, it was kind of a disaster, actually. The very, very, uh, you know, apologetic and, and, you know, summary art press, you know, usually wraps this thing in a bow and just like, oh, it's fine. They were saying words like flop, disaster, you know. It was really bad. It was really bad.
0: Yeah, this is the Long Museum uh, that sold out a a good number of its holdings, both older art and art that had basically been commissioned for shows in the museum. They just threw it on the block. Crazy. Absolutely crazy, crazy, vicious stuff, and also insane because it's for a lot of this work, it was not the time to sell it. Um, There's been a lot of speculation about what's going on there, if there was some sort of governmental pressure, or, and I think this is perhaps more likely, um, the notion that the owner of the, uh, the Long Museum is trying to get some hard capital out of China. And so right. b- selling this out through Sotheby's, take a deposit outside of Hong Kong or China for those funds or something to that effect will enable him to stash a whole bunch of cash outside the reach of the Chinese authorities. So that's certainly a possibility. No one knows. I'm just postulating here. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of stuff did very, very poorly. Their top lot, which is a Mogdalini, which was bought less than 10 years ago, at auction uh they took a tidy what was it an eight million dollar loss on it
1: yeah i mean like that's bad i mean there's tons of stuff that just didn't sell right you know like i mean kind of just tanking markets over there like it's it's obviously i understand the reasons as you just enumerated you know but this is just bad in so many ways right
0: well yeah because these people set themselves up as having a museum the notion of a museum is it very rarely it should never but under very small circumstances will ever deaccession work we see it more happen more mm-hmm. and more often now but never in my experience or my historical knowledge a wholesale fire sale i think you could term this a fire sale of work including stuff that was just purchased and for what i understand uh, the Long Museum folks, when they bought work, were pretty aggressive in demanding some fairly significant discounts from the galleries that they were acquiring artwork from. Um, so there was a lot of the, you know, I, I heard a lot of blowback. I had to get up at some ungodly hour, like five thirty in the morning, uh, to listen in and uh, uh, and track the sale, which I wasn't thrilled about. But you have people like Nicholas Party not doing very well. Um, you mm-hmm. know, there was uh, my good friend Rashid Johnson had a work that didn't appear to sell in the sale, but then they reopened the lot and got it sold. I think what you, you had was, because I don't think a lot of people, um, collectors were aware that the sale was going on. It's at a weird time. Freeze right. is about to happen. You have some you know, opening season London sales and the big sales mm-hmm. company. People weren't tuned in. So I think a lot of the galleries were forced to buy back this work and they weren't happy about it. Um, I heard a lot of chatter um, that also other Asian collectors, specifically Chinese collectors, did not want to buy work from the sale, did not want to support... The museum, or more more specifically, didn't want to buy from another Asian collector. Um, they they found it like not interesting to them for whatever reasons. And you had upset galleries. The galleries were not pushing their artists. They you know oftentimes a gallery will send out an alert mm-hmm. to specific clients saying, "Hey, just so you know, I know you're interested in the in the work of X Y Z artists. You know, here's some lo- here's a lot that's coming up." I at least didn't see any of those things happen. Huh, um, interesting. And it was a weird herky-jerky sale. I hated, there was like a deifying video that played as you were waiting for the sale to open. Maybe it's because I hadn't had any coffee yet and it was 5.40 a.m. And it was dark outside, but like it was like really gross the way they were deifying these quote-unquote museum patrons. Y'all can't see me doing the air quotes here. It's an audio medium, but every time I say museum in this portion, just presume that there's an air quote attached. (laughs) There was this terribly deifying video. And then Ollie Barker, who like, love ollie i can't believe he crammed himself all like seven feet of him into a live flat to go to to go to hong kong for the sale but i guess he did um he then like had these like loquacious you know oral pleasuring of uh, of the long museum before the sale opened that was like unwatchable like i was angry i was angry i wanted to throw something but i didn't want to wake up the rest of the household because even though i have small children i was up before they fucking were for this sale um wow so that's my take on it now What is the, is there any bigger story? Um, There's obviously clearly something of a slowdown in the art market. You wouldn't know that if you were trying to buy a Christina Bonbon or a Avery Singer today in London, but overall, especially in the second market, things are moving slower. Um, Collectors are willing to buy the best of something and pay real money for the best, but for anything that isn't a unique and incredible example, um, there's a lot of hesitation. Um, So what does this tell us as we go into the main selling part of the season? Um, I have the sense that people are going to get very scared. I think we're going to see low results in London. I think Freeze will be okay for the younger stuff, like the names of the sort that I just mentioned that are highly in demand. I think Freeze Masters, the people are really going to have to do some tough... The, the, the dealers are really going to have to uh, be willing to be... Um, very giving in their in their discounts and negotiations, shall we say, in order to yeah. see transactions happen. Um, but my guess is knowing the quality of some of the work that is coming up in New York, I think that could be an opportunity for a bit of a market reset. We, you'll see some best of the best examples, or certainly A to A-plus quality examples by, by great artists come up and achieve significant and stabilizing prices. So I think we'll see that the sky is not falling. But it's Mm. it's it's certainly not uh, it's not clear and blue either to mix terrible metaphors.
1: Well, let's see. I mean, like, you know, we got two weeks of like a shit ton of art being sold. If things even go like remotely, okay, I think people will be reassured. Right. You know, the sales in London aren't, you know, Bellwether sales, but they they, they give some indication of what might happen in November.
0: They give some indication. They've always they've historically been smaller sales. You know, in fact, they they've only been around for ten or so years. Um, they came yep. in after Freeze basically and became bigger because so many international clientele were coming to London for the Freeze Fair. With Plaris Plus, that is less and less. So we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I you know I I would be a little bit concerned if I were a mid-sized gallery showing at Freeze and bringing art that is quieter, that takes more introspection, that takes more scholarship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think it's going to be a banging, uh, a banging fair, and I think we will again see less Americans because basically, from conversations I'm having, a lot of people are heading to Paris. But I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. You're coming here. You're excited. It's the twenty. It's the twentieth anniversary of this thing that Amanda Happy and birthday, Matt, Grace, London. Matt started uh, twenty years ago. Um, and it's pretty cool. And it was, you know, it was a real uh you know especially for the first 15 years or so 12 to 15 years it was a major thing and it really kind of reignited not just the the market for fairs in london but and and certainly not the auctions but the emergence of of a new generation of london gallerists people gallerists people like herald street and and that ilk uh that has subsequently grown and uh you know and mm-hmm. moved further and further east and more and more out of the fucking way um
1: yeah. Well, that's just real estate. I mean, you know, they're, they're, the thing is, Freeze has transformed the London art scene in a way that, like, I doubt anyone foresaw 20 years ago. And, you know, I'm excited to, to celebrate that. You know, there's a lot of great shows are opening or already open. Um, have you seen anything yet that you want to just chit chat about? Because yeah. next time we pause, we're gonna have a lot to talk about in London.
0: No, definitely. And I don't want to give people like what we're going to go do because there's no fun in that. Like, Here's my parties. But I was able, my first stop this morning after Barry's and a shower uh, was uh, over to the Tate Britain, um, took the tube over there and checked out the amazing Sarah Lucas retrospective, which is, I mean, she's one of my favorite artists. It's incredible. Um, it's hard to display that type of sculpture in their architecture. I think they made these wonderful tableaus uh, in one room, which is fantastic. I think you get a sense of the full breadth of her. For me, she is, I honestly think, the most important voice to emerge from the YBAs, at least in, for my personal aesthetic and interests. Um, and so it's great to see her get this kind of attention in her hometown or her home country. Um, so that is very, very cool. She's a fucking badass. I was happy to go there. Uh, uh, on the uh, birthday of Pauline Daly, the great Sadie Coles gallerist Happy birthday, uh, Pauline. who has been very instrumental in 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 Sarah's career. so that felt like kismet. that was awesome. I also spent a bunch of time in the Turner uh, uh, show there not the Turner Prize show, but the the show of Turner paintings. JMW JMW yeah just to be clear and it was fucking fantastic. in fact I spent too much time there kind of fucked up my schedule. I was there for like an hour and a half. this whole room really sick boats. Saw some well, you know, they're kind of obscured by all this, by all the storm and the smoke, right? But the the notion of boats, uh, the maritime sublime. I didn't know that was a phrase. The I learned that today sublime. from a, from a wall I label. Fuck with love Turner it. Turner
1: so hard. I fuck with Turner so hard. So
0: so great. And then there's one room where there's some late Turners, which are the really the most obscure in terms of the most obscured. I, yeah. yeah. And the most like abstract and insane. And I love them. And they hung a 1951 um, Mark Rothko in the room with them. And it's a fucking genius hang. Hats off, golf clap for those curators. Also, what I think people would, I didn't know about until I got there I was talking to the really pleasant young lady at the ticket counter. There's a great new Chris O'Feely. I believe it's a permanent installation of a wall painting in, this, in the stairwell there. It is incredible and it's it's very much a testament to the Greenfell uh, disaster here uh, when a housing council estate several years ago went up claiming hundreds of victims, including uh, a young artist that Chris had become close with. Uh, it's a very touching mural. It like enlivens wow. the staircase. I spent a lot of time in that. That was great. Uh, I then attempted to take the tube over to Stuart Shave's Modern Art uh, to go... S- Who's up with Hel- Ted Stewart, Uh Justin Cagliat. I may of be correct. Yeah, I mean, Justin Taguiat. They look, they, look, they right. look, great. Unfortunately, my tube got stopped in between stations for thirty minutes. I'm jet lagged. I don't have any water. Um, the anxiety is just like really, really ratcheting up. So I jump off uh, as soon as we get I to the next think. station. I guess there was some sort of criminal. It was just like New York. It was like a criminal investigation <laughs> in fucking Times Square. Um, so I jumped off, got in like a thirty minute Uber, went to see Stuart's show. It's sublime and beautiful, and you know that that particular gallery of his on Helmet Row is very kind to paintings in general, and these paintings are worth mm-hmm. being kind to, I would say. Uh And then I, uh you know, I the clock was ticking because I had an appointment with you, so I jumped in another Uber, sat in more fucking traffic, came back uh, west uh, to St. James to visit with the Paris Scarsted Gallery and saw Great. a suite of new paintings by Christina Banban.
1: Banban that you can't buy.
0: Maybe you can't. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs>
1: Love, love me some some Christina Bonbon, of
0: course. Yeah, you know, Who it's certainly a thing. I mean, the great part for me about going to State is seeing all the things they have tucked away in the back rooms, oh, and I of don't, course, yeah, I don't think I can publicly say what they are. But like, I saw some like masterpieces, and not masterpieces in that like. House names, but from the Germanic regions, I saw some, you know, mm-hmm. some upside. I saw an upside down painting that set my hair on fire. We'll leave it at that. Uh, Wonder we who saw did that one. <laughs> we saw some, you know, and and God, I wish I could talk about it, but I can't. Just another, some other great examples of work uh, coming out of mm-hmm. that part of the world in the 1980s and 90s. So, and so- they also, the people that work there are actually, unlike most of these uh, gallery sale, you know, used car dealers, know what they're talking about, know the history of the object, know the history of the artist and how to situate within that and larger art history so you go in there and you get a full education and martin wasn't Love even it. there this is this is from her, our friend alina uh like i got a mm-hmm. full education and like learned things about art and the art world that just made me so happy and then i was right back here to see you i still need to go see the avery singer show uh once we're done here uh at hauser mm-hmm. and Wirth. um i want to go see our friend carl costiel no idea what he has up but it's like hanging out with him uh and i want to go see polar corius who's opening her big new massive mayfair big gallery so i'm excited to see that Happy and, 10th anniversary uh, in yeah uh yeah that and that's it and i'm like i'm not that jet like i'm gonna get the diet coke going right now i think i'm not gonna sure. wear a suit coat tonight i'm gonna go cash i hope that's okay yeah sure. alina okay. said I wow, freak, I'm so we'll see. okay okay okay
1: yeah if, i know if, I, if I just got, got a new pair of like
0: be- i just got a new pair of belgians and they really dress the jeans up so
1: yeah no that that that, it's a great look veteran i i didn't go with
0: that yeah 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 i had someone tell me i looked great and you should wear that tonight so i'm just gonna go with it i can't think i I don't have the time to change i and because what i have to do now is spend the next fuck only hour and a half um Trying to get these thousands and thousands of images that have been sent to me in PDFs, collated and curated for all of my clients around the world, so they can know what the best things are there for them at the fair. Whether or not they want to buy anything, that is up to them. But I want them to know that these are the things that would be perfect for you. And it it takes time. You have to write about them. I got to do a little dialogue mm-hmm. about how the work fits oh, in yeah. the collection. Oh yeah. You do and the on the keyboard. Yeah, it's not. It's not just jet setting and parties and canapes over here. I got to tell you, I got to do some. I get a, a lot of that. Journal. A lot of
1: that, though. There is a, a lot, lot of that. that
0: there. Listen, there's yeah. there's enough of that. But you know, I got to balance it with somewhere. And the Wi-Fi was shitty on my flight yesterday, so I was uh, somewhat unable to do that. So you flying out tonight? It's now Monday. You flying Monday night or Tuesday night?
1: I'm flying out tonight. I got. And, and 9 p.m. out of john f kennedy airport i you know i do the night flight because i need to just like hit the ground running i get a few hours of sleep but i can do but that. you're can you're,
0: you're coming with a small human being is that not true
1: this is true but uh you know hopefully she'll sleep That's the
0: point. god bless gonna, How old is she? i think she's a little months. a little young for the melatonin but you know a little robitussin uh you know uh, or benadryl <laughs> rubbed on the lips never hurt anyone just saying
1: uh okay uh, I'll will take that. In, this uh, is for the comfort
0: of the passengers around you as much as mom and dad.
1: <laughs> right. Uh, you know, but um yeah I'm hitting the ground. You know, running as soon as I get there, I'll be there in you know less than I don't know fifteen hours or like, something crazy.
0: Let's fucking go. Love to hear it. Let's go. All yeah. right. Um, I I'm think we're gonna. I I will commit to doing one more podcast this week with you in person in my somewhat small hotel room here Uh, i'm thinking thursday afternoon i'm saying this here in public so the people here so we can we're going to be held to account
1: we do it for 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 the fans so thanks we do it for
0: the fans we love you all thanks for sticking with us through thick and thin uh all right nate i'm gonna sell some artwork i'll talk to you later buddy all
1: right children's benadryl Benadryl.
0: look into it peace